You're listening to the regular weekly Big Finish podcast. It's Monday, the 24th of October, 2016. Or maybe it's Sunday, the 23rd of October, 2016, if we've uploaded this as a special Sunday treat. Oh, yeah. But if you haven't, then, well, we don't know yet. <laughs> Nick might just, just not might, might, Nick might just not bother and just, just hype it for the sake of it. Anyway, welcome. Now, my name's Benji. I'm a sound designer, a music man, and a general noisemaker. And I must tell you... <coughs> I'm just going to choke here. And I must tell you... <laughs> I must tell I'm you... I'm choking it. I'm cho- I must tell you, I've had a mad, mad morning, guys. So I woke up and I realised I had no idea where I was. Literally no idea at all. And uh, anyway, so in my moment of madness, I decided to take a walk. I stopped at the uh, general store to buy a surprisingly detailed local map. I played a game of chess with a geezer in a hat and even got in an argument that Rover didn't in fact make Rover. Rover being the automobile company that ran from 1878 to 2005. Anyway, I digress. I met a man in a swivelly chair and I asked him, Where am I? And he replied, You're in the village. I asked him, Well, who are you? He replied, I am number two. And I immediately shot back with, Well, who is number one? And without hesitation, he declared, It's none other than Big Finish executive producer and monster man, Nicholas Briggs. There we go. How epic was that? Yes. Well, (laughs) I can't follow that. I'm simply going to say goodbye for this week. (laughs) (laughs) That was as close as I could get for topping it, really. I don't think I'll ever achieve it. What are you going to do next week? Anyway, Big Finish, uh, in case you didn't know, are the purveyors of fine audio drama and audiobooks, Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Sherlock Holmes, Dracula, Frankenstein. It's just a list. The Prisoner, The Avengers, Survivors, The Omega Factor, The Confessions of Dorian Gray. Can you think of any more, Benji? Well, I actually prepared in advance here, and uh, oh, I tried to write down Jago and Lightfoot, but my <laughs> my word processor has renamed it to Jog and Lightfoot. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote Jago ago this morning and it was also corrected to ages <laughs> ages and lightfoot sounds quite good ages of lightfoot there we go but uh, there are others including countermeasures graceless charlotte pollard dalek empire and more 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 full stop there we go exciting stuff well, i've noticed actually benji that you say charlotte pollard not charlotte pollard yeah i don't know why i say a lot of things apparently i can't say chocolate <laughs> I can't say it properly. You say chocolate. Sho- I don't. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've had a chocolate. I've had a. I've had a chocolate. Sh- um, I have no idea what's wrong with me, to be honest. Um, yes, it's Char- Sh- Charlotte Pollard. There you go. Shark Pollard. Yeah. God knows why. I don't know why. I think I subliminally do it because I should know better because I can talk. Um, <laughs> Which is why you're here. Which is why Coming I'm up here. in this podcast, in a moment, the Big Finish News. That'll be followed by listeners' emails, and we've got some great ones. Then it'll be time for our guest star interview. And who is it this week, Nick? Eh? Well, as if you didn't know from the rather lovely photograph embedded in this podcast. It's the new Doctor Who, isn't it? It's got to be. Yes, yeah? yes. Peter Ware, deputy editor of Doctor Who magazine, is the new Doctor Who. I knew it. I knew it. I've, I've been saying it. It's been stirring on the internet forums for months now. There have been photos of him leaving the house, photos of him having a... Uh, it was in Greg's, I think, they took a photo of him there, and they said, confirmed. So there you go. Doctor Who set report. Hashtag 
DWSR. You're not going to say that other No, I, I really should do. Or so it would appear from that photograph of him on the TARDIS control room set, he really does look mean, moody, and anything else beginning with M? Motherly. Oh, yes, the yes. motherly Peter Ware and I caught up from a lovely chat in uh, the offices at Panini where they make Doctor Who magazine from small bits of paper and sellotape and large dollops of genius. Uh, the offices are uh, sort of just down the road from the studio where we record with Tom Baker. So uh, on Monday, I nipped over after a recording session. Mm. Handy. In the, in the vicinity, so to speak. Very, very, very close yes. to the vicinity. And uh, well, let's let's just let's cut to the chase, Nick. Is it a great interview? Is it not? Does Peter talk about the psychological impact of our bullying him on the podcast by continually repeating the podcast at bigfinish.com address? That's right, by the way, podcast at bigfinish.com. I could say it again, but I won't. And uh, yeah, obviously, Nick, you repeating his name several times means that you are indeed the voice of the devil, as listeners have said. Does he mention that? <laughs> He, he does mention that, yes. Yes, uh, uh, it's fascinating. Certainly is, Nick. Certainly is. And then following that, we will be presenting the Randomoid Selectatron. Listener Hannah Newman's fiendishly clever device will randomly select a Big Finish archive release. We'll play you the trailer and then have a good old chat about it. We struck luckily last week with something Nick had written and directed. Will lightning strike twice in a row? Only time, indeed, will tell. Mm. Exciting I stuff. I mistyped luck, luck, lucky and put luckily and you dutifully read it out. So thank you. <laughs> uh, th- that'll be time for me to round up the latest big finish releases in as entertaining a way as possible. Uh, no pressure there then. I would just add that uh, I've managed to get Richard Fox to provide us with a fantastic bit of music for that section. Oh, great. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been hearing this music in the uh, the memory... Uh, is it the memory bank? Yes. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the memory bank uh, trailer. And uh, I keep th- I just keep playing that trailer because I love that bit of music. And I, and I just wrote to him this morning. He said, hey, can you send me that music? And he's done it brilliantly. That's great. So there we go. It's now... But it's going to be sort of lost now in time because everybody listening to the podcast is just going to be like, oh, the memory bank, yeah, yeah. And didn't they, didn't they use that bit of music from the randomoid Selectatron? <laughs> <laughs> now, the memory bank, hot off the press, guys. Get on it. It's worth worth a listen. It's uh, Peter Davison and Mark Strickson. That was very quick interjection there. I like it. It was like a disclaimer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. Peter Davison and Mark Strickson. Out of video and DVD from March the 1st. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, we will be finishing the podcast off with the latest installment of our serialization of The Prisoner. Yes, I do mean Big Finish's reimagining of the 1960s classic, not Benji's rendition, which was terrible, uh, which was heard earlier on in the podcast. Will it be the last episode, Nick, of The Big finish one not not my well, one I, I'm, a- <laughs> I'm actually not sure but anyway uh, uh, time to take it to the max for the big finish news this is the big finish news I nearly forgot to do that. Oh, you look like you're flying now. I'm sort of going for a slightly wavy sort of thing. <laughs> if you could see, if you could see this, that was that was damn busters to <laughs> cranked up. That was amazing. 
Right, so let's get on with the news then, chaps and chapesses. First of all, there's another download of Series 5 of The Confessions of Dorian Gray, available today. Yes, at the end of the month, the final series of Dorian Gray is released as an attractive CD box set. But we've uh, been making the episodes available individually as downloads in the build-up to this release. Today, it's The Valley of Nightmares by David Llewellyn. Uh, Naturally, it stars the lovely Alexander Vlahos as Dorian, but this time with added guest starness uh, in the form of the wonderful Sarah Douglas. What's it all about, Benji? Los Angeles, 1948. Reunited in the heart of the Hollywood Hills, Dorian Gray and Dorothy Parker quickly find themselves embroiled in a conspiracy that takes them behind the scenes of the region's booming movie industry. But how much is it an act? Question mark. That's the Valley of Nightmares available on download today. More Doctor Who main range covers are being released on the BigFinish.com website on Tuesday the 25th of October. They take us up to March 2017. Simon Hollob's cover for December's Doctor Who Quicksilver shows Colin Baker as the sixth Doctor. I think I said the fifth Doctor. <laughs> the sixth Doctor accompanied by not one but two companions in the form of Miranda Raisin and Lisa Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Events are catching up with Mrs. Clark. But is the fate of her husband all that it seems? And what what about Flip? What's Flip doing there? Flip. Uh, January's Doctor Who. Pardon? What did you say? So I love a bit of Flip. We do love a bit of Flip. That sounds a bit weird. Uh, January's Doctor Who. The Star Men kicks off a fresh Fifth Doctor trilogy, teaming Peter Davison up with not only Janet Fielding and Sarah Sutton as Tegan and Nissa, but also I don't know why I read it like that. But also Matthew Waterhouse as Adric, with his first appearance as the character in the main range. I do remember uh, someone wrote in and said, "If Adric's in the main range, then I'm cancelling my subscription." So we've lo- we've lost a sale there. Oh, uh, ter- terrible old prejudice against uh, Adric. I'm afraid still lingers on but Matthew Waterhouse is doing some fantastic work for us that short trips he did for us the other day is superb isn't it? it is I, I, I saw him at Dimensions actually I, I had a, a quick chin wag with him in the evening and uh, we were talking about that and saying how great it was but it's always nice actually because when I was having a chat with him he's so enthusiastic about the big finish stuff it's really nice actually it's always 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 a pleasure when the actors enjoy what we do and he's doing yeah, some writing great. soon isn't he I believe yeah, what's he writing? I can't remember now, but he's def- it might be some it's Dark, dark Shadows, shadows yeah. Yeah, 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 he's yeah, done some of that. Uh, Tom Webster's cover gives us a glimpse of a strange and terrible foe, by the way, for the Starmen. That is. Ooh, February... February sees the fifth Doctor travelling back to Victorian times for Doctor Who... The Contingency Club. There we go. I wanted to say the Continental Club because where I live, there's somewhere down the road called the Continental Club. But no, it's the it's Contingency a, it, Club. Are you a member? I, I was once, actually. Were you? Yeah. What's it like in there? Uh, they did really good chips. That's That was kind of... It was right on the seafront. I think they've changed the name now. Um, but it was right on the seafront and you got a nice view of the beach. But I just always remember their chips were really nice. But... Yeah. But you see, you're all class, Benji. Oh, yes. You were a member of a club. What was it like? Did very good chips. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's me, you know, class all over. I'm and a- who did the cover for the Contingency Club, Benji? <laughs> well, the cover of the Continental Club <laughs> was by Tom Webster as our cover for March's release. 
That's right, and it features some very nice chips. Uh, Doctor Who, Zaltis, brings the run of three Fifth Doctor stories to an end with an epic sci-fi adventure in the finest season 19 traditions. With a world about to be destroyed, who can the TARDIS crew trust to save them? Yet yeah, Now, you see, I don't know the season numbers. Lots of Doctor Who fans do, but I never... I never learnt those. I never learnt that bit of nerdism. I remember some. Of, it's funny because some of them stick in my mind more than other, like more than others. So season eighteen, for some reason, really sticks in my mind. But I don't. I don't tend to think about That's it. That's Tom Baker's last one. Yeah, isn't it? which which yeah. some people don't like, which I really like. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I re- that's a season that I really loved at the time because it was such a departure. Absolutely. And I love the fact that it was all so different. It's one that I don't look back on as a fan quite in quite such a kindly way because it's very, it seems very, very dated because it's very 1980s, isn't it? I know, funnily enough, made at the end of the 1970s. <laughs> it's got that real 80s feel about it, hasn't it? Well, I had this argument with somebody, not specifically about that, but about how you make things contemporary and how... It's it's really good at the time of making something feel fresh, but it's it's the kiss of death because you look back and if you if you reference pop culture to such an extent, it becomes completely lost on a future generation. Yeah, I mean in, in this you know in this It's just the look it's just the look of it with season eighteen, I think. It's all the computers are all, the, all just yeah, ancient, and isn't the, it? And all the latest video effects technology and all the latest kind of music from the Radiophonic Workshop and it just sounds so old fashioned now. I oh, see. I like the gothic feel of it. I've always loved. I mean, I, I love Paddy Kingsland's music. It's quite. It's one of those ones. Pe- a lot of people aren't too keen on. I've always liked it because it's got a slightly cold gothicy feel to it, which I, I liked about this this last um, about that Tom Baker's last season or series, as we like to say in in England. Um, why do we call it season nineteen? But I don't know. <laughs> it's actually I think they were called seasons I think they called it a new season the B- the BBC continuity announcer used to talk about a new season here on BBC One I, th- I think that's what they said I don't think they said that Doctor Who was a season but they said that the programmes were it's the autumn season on BBC One that makes sense and, I, that th- and sense. I think that's how we got I think John Nathan Turner called them seasons as well and I he was the man who sort of uh, he was the first producer we knew about as fans you know, before that, the producer of Doctor Who had been this anonymous figure, but suddenly there was this man in a loud shirt, you know, doing an interview on on Blue Peter. Although I think he didn't have a loud shirt when he did that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, and we th- suddenly, and he was important. So everything he said about the show, we very much as fans at the time took on board. You know, he's a, he's one of those guys. I mean, I always think you know we had adventure in space and time. Uh, I always mm. thought it would be great to do one with the John Nathan Turner story. And I, yes, that I, would I always, be a bit salacious, wouldn't it? Oh, it would. I mean, I always had this great vision of, of it opening up. You see, the TARDIS lands, and there's there's obviously dry ice in a studio. Doors open. You see these pair of uh, feet come up, walk out. They stop. You pan up to see the Hawaiian shirt. You then see the TARDIS key around the neck. And then you pan up, you see John Nathan Turner. And all he says, he looks directly at the camera and he just says, they've asked me to stay on another year, but uh, I don't think I will. (laughs) 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 The the classic JNT line. Uh, It was very sad for him, wasn't it? I mean, he really did want to leave that job years before he was allowed to. (laughs) 
he ended up being the last staff producer at the BBC. There were no other producers on staff. The rest of them were freelancers. And he was stuck there. Really? Desperately yeah. putting new projects to the BBC. About He wanted to bring back a soap called Compact. Uh, and uh, that was that had been in, on in the 60s. And every year they said, oh, can you do uh, another series of Doctor Who? <laughs> so even though he gets a hard time from many fans, I mean, he is uh, responsible for the continuation of the series during that time. I think it would have, they could, I don't think they could, I don't know whether I'm right about this, but I don't think they could find anyone else who wanted to produce it. Well, I think, he, like you said, he gets a he gets sort of a bad a bad rap. But actually, if you look at what he does, he, he does break quite a few, he ch- does try to change it up. A bit similar to modern Doctor Who. He, he, there are times where he tries to shake things up and, and make them different. I mean, like the, the um, Sylvester McCoy era was just, it was something else when I, when I was watching it through and I came to that, it felt completely different. Just like Trial of a Time Lord, that that opening sequence, that was like quite a big deal. Looking at that, you thought, wow, okay. Yeah, and I, it's the um, Sylvester McCoy stuff you mentioned there. I mean, really, I think to be fair, Andrew Cartmel, the script editor, that was the way that went was all his plan, and I the loved master the plan, he, the master plan, yes. Andrew Cartmel, showrunner of Doctor Who, is how he uh, introduces himself these days. Anyway, let's hope he's listening to this podcast. Yes, love your work. Anyway, last bit of news, I believe. No, it's not the last bit. The second to last bit of news, I believe, yes, is Jago and Lightfoot Series 12 is out on Wednesday the 26th of October. It's available on both download and CD. I really wanted to say available on video and DVD. Um, Available on download (laughs) and CD, starring Christopher Benjamin, Trevor Baxter, Lisa Bauman, Conrad Asquith, Ronald Pickup and Jacqueline King. In four new stories written by Justin Richards, Paul Morris and Simon Barnard, Jago and Lightfoot encounter the Flicker Men, a lethal art robbery, a a peculiar school, and it all comes down to blood and an enemy who was once a friend. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Jago and Lightfoot, Series 12 box set. Roll up! Roll up! See the world as you have never seen it before! Evening, Professor. Didn't think I'd see you again tonight. Good evening, Mr. Jacob. Oh, in a formal mood, are we? Take note of the figures. Mentally mark their positions. And why would we want to do that? Because, Inspector, next time you look at the painting... Yes? They will have moved. It was what they found down there that was the problem. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. Something scared them. Good and proper. Father! Come quick! She's got the flickers! Henry, there's something inside the wall. I know, Professor. Let's try to get out. The camera's intermittent motion is provided by the sprocket rollers, you see. Now calm down, Mr. Paul. It's a Maltese cross mechanism. It's in your breast pocket. There, you see? Ah. <laughs> yes, silly me. Be quiet, both of you. Now, into the paint. If you let me finish, I was about to say that I think the professor is trying. Welcome back, Miss Rigson. Welcome back to the paths of blood. Big finish. We love stories. 
With Halloween on its way, Dark Shadows Haunting Memories will be available for pre-order on Thursday the 27th of October. It features four news stories read by members of the original cast, with Angelique herself, Lara Parker, writing for Big Finish for the first time. Hellwind, written by longtime Dark Shadows fan Marcy Robin and performed by Catherine Lee Scott, sees a young Josette Dupre caught up in a deadly hurricane. Communion, written by Adam Usden and performed by Jerry Lacey, features the first ever appearance of Elias Trask. And I'm not sure I pronounced Adam's surname correctly, so apologies there. The Ghost Ship, written and performed by Dark Shadow star Lara Parker, tells the story of the witch Angelique meeting the Widows of Widows Hill. And the final story in the collection features Marie Wallace telling the story of Elizabeth Collins Stoddard meeting a man who looks remarkably similar to the long-lost love of her life. A Face from the Past is written by Kay Stonman, a writer new to Big Finish but certainly not new to writing for radio. I have to say, Josette Dupre is one of those names you have to sort of ra- you have to raise an eyebrow when you say it. Josette Dupre. <laughs> Like Dupre? sort of Roger Moore, sort of. Hello, Josette Dupre. I can't do the Roger Moore voice, but um, if I could, it would sound like Roger Moore saying Josette Dupre. <laughs> funny, funny that. <laughs> so uh, on that bombshell, that is the end of the news. Uh, yes, carried out by Roger Moore himself. And now, by crikey, it's time for listeners' emails. Oh, I love the listeners' emails. And remember, I'm sure Peter is has his hat ha, had his has his head in his hands right now. He, as I remind, he did in the in the interview. <laughs> Poor bloke, poor bloke. You can email us, guys, at podcasts at bigfinish.com. All emails are welcome. And in line with my request for you to send socks by email, that's that's got quite a nice ring to it, hasn't it? Socks by email. One listener has kindly obliged. That's right, Colin Archer here has sent a rather nice shot of his multicoloured socks. Now you have you have, have you got the picture? I've then? got it. It looks great. I was, yeah. I was saying Colin Archer. Now move over, Colin Archer. Hello, Colin Baker. Because we all know that those are the socks that uh, that Colin Baker's doctor should have been wearing under his under his coat. Because that is reminds me of El- you wear socks under your coat. <laughs> It was, I was I've like, got socks under my coat. Like, Have you? <laughs> it sounds like he's been shoplifting. <laughs> yeah. the, the sick doctor just wanders into Woolworths and nicks a pair of socks and runs away. <laughs> I, I, now, there's a story right there. There it is, yeah. There's a trilogy in the main range. <laughs> no, I like them. Though. It reminds me of Elmer the Patchwork Elephant. Uh, anybody who remembers 90s books it's a very elmer looking pattern there or it looks like a floor from death to the daleks in multi-colors stop to move stop to move i think i thought stop to move um yes anyway so what do you mean doctor no never go that way <laughs> that way leads to socks <laughs> love a bit of Bilal. The companion that never was, but I will I will labour that point every week if I had the opportunity. So, I like, now you see here, Bilal's quite relevant here. Are you ready to go on? No, <laughs> but we must. <laughs> which is which is basically a metaphor for everyday life. 
You, you ready to go on? No, but but we must. I was like, anyway, what, anyway, what's this email? So, so? Yes. Anyway, um, sorry, Colin. We're, we've completely gone in the wrong direction here. So. Uh, <clears throat> This is from Colin Archer. Nick and Benji, now that I have your attention, well, you certainly do, are there any (laughs) writers who haven't written for Big Finish that you'd love to join the family and have them write for any of the Rangers currently in production or those which are in the works? I know that licensing is a difficult road to navigate, but I would like to know whether there is any chance that Big Finish will obtain the rights to make new episodes of The Avengers. The Lost episodes and the comic strip adaptions have been wonderful and it would be a shame not to hear more from Steed Keel and Mrs. Peel. Alternatively, has there been any thought of looking at getting the rights to some of the properties that were featured as radio serials such as Dick Tracy or The Saint? Oh, little, little Roger Moore there. Um, anyway, uh, I would like to make a suggestion as to a series of books which which would work wonderfully in the audio medium. Newbury and Hobbs by George Mann. One final thought. With the interview extras which are included with many of your releases, would it be possible to hear more from the behind-the-scenes crew and possibly hear some of the outtakes? Big thanks to all the Big Finish family for what has been a year of very strong audio stories. Colin Archer. Yeah, thank you, Colin. Um, okay, uh, well, the fact that you mentioned a series of books by George Mann now makes me think that Colin Archer is a pen name for George Mann. Oh, <laughs> George, you've been rumbled. Um, so that's my answer to that point. Are there any writers who haven't written for Big Finish that you have joined the family? Well, is he suggesting George Mann? George Mann has written for Big Finish. Um, uh, I, I can't think of any. I'm very happy with the writers we've got, but you know, from time to time, new writers pop up. Um, the business you're absolutely right there is a licensing issue with doing new Avengers stories uh, and for the moment certainly we're for the foreseeable future it's it's only adaptations of things um, some something about yes Dick Tracy or the Saints well I'd be lying if I was saying those at least one of those hadn't come up in our discussion uh-huh, just 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 going to interject really quickly Ace of Wands. That was my interjection. I've come out now. There we go. Ace of Wands, guys. That's what I'd like. There we go. A lot of these old ITV properties, it's really difficult to find out who actually knows who owns the rights. So I have asked about that and some investigation has been made, but there are inconclusive results. And when there are inconclusive results, nobody will make a move. It's done. I mean, you know, Absolutely it's, like, it's like Adam Adamant. Did I mention that before? I asked about Adam Adamant, and the, and basically, no one, no one can actually definitively say who owns it, even though the BBC released it on DVD. That's well, that's very strange considering Adam Adamant as as a as a retro guy who loves. I love looking back up at retro telly. Adam Adamant to me screams like it's, it seems like quite an established thing. You, you'd assume that there, there would be records of stuff with that, but clearly not. There's lots of myth. No. There's lot both Ace of Wands and Adam Adamant. There's a lot of missing stuff, isn't there? Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Those ones, but yeah, exciting. Anyway, the interview extras, uh, which are included in many of your releases, uh, would it be possible to hear more from the behind-the-scenes crew? It's quite difficult because um, uh, when they're recorded, it's during the studio session, so the behind-the-scenes people haven't started working on it yet. But uh, that is something that people keep asking about, and we do from time to time make a point of talking to a sound designer or of a, a composer but yes it's it's 
Scheduling-wise, it's quite difficult to arrange. Uh, possible to hear some of the outtakes? Funnily enough, someone, when I was recording with Tom Baker uh, on Monday this week, uh, last Monday for you listening now, um, someone in the green room mentioned that. And I said, the thing is, we're, we occasionally do include a tiny little bit where you hear someone mess something up and everyone has a good old laugh. But generally... Um, uh, I feel that it, this sounds a little pretentious, that it wouldn't creatively be a, feel like so much of a safe environment for actors to come into if they felt, if we always did outtakes, if they felt that every time they messed something up, that mistake was going to be paraded in front of the audience. You know, it's all very hardy half funny, but actually, you know, actors work extremely hard and sometimes mistakes are made in the heat of the moment. And I just... Um, so I'm not so keen on doing outtakes. Obviously, if there's a particularly juicy, hilarious one that we all had a good laugh about, then that's that's maybe worth it, and we'll look into that. I remember um, uh, when I did a, a video thing years ago called The Air Zone Solution, the producer said he wanted to include some of my outtakes. He said, but they were just too painful because I looked so upset when I made a mistake. He said, it's it actually wasn't funny. It just looked like... <laughs> <laughs> very emotionally difficult well I, th I think a lot of outtakes are done uh, out of frustration certainly when you when you work on things and you you hear them sometimes it's it's actually i think like you said could probably be quite irritating for an actor because often like anybody even doing this podcast you want to get it right and you don't want to make mistakes really we get i don't think we well do, i want Benji. to get, i said i want to get it right <laughs> 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 but I just don't want an actor working for Big Finish who's maybe listened to a couple of CDs they've done being in a situation where they fluff something and a voice inside them says, oh, that's going to be on the end of the CD, yeah. isn't it? You know what I mean? I just don't want them to feel like that, really. So I would, uh, so I would say uh, the other thing is, I think outtakes used to be a lot funnier when, you know, when they had programs like It'll Be All Right on the Night with Dennis Norden saying, here's some more cock-ups. You like <laughs> it when I say cock-up, don't you? Uh, all that. Because in those days, people weren't quite so au fait with all the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's no surprise to us now how films and TV and even audio are made. So it's not quite so revealing or special anymore, is it really? It's more about humiliation of people just seeing mistakes being made. Whereas before, I think it was quite delicious to say, look, this scene from Star Trek, actually, they, you know, it was done like this. And then those men fell over. And then that's funny because that wasn't in the original program. We're sort of used to the idea. It gets quite tedious, doesn't now. it? Certainly. I mean, I don't go to see many films at the cinema now, so I'm, I'm probably not the best person to, to make a point about this. But I'd certainly when when I'm watching a film I kind of give a sigh when at the end the credits come up and then they just show the outtakes like leave, you know, save it if, if you want to watch it on the DVD fine but like it ruins it, that reality for me that I actually really like like you say occasionally like like you look back at the old BBC's Christmas tapes which are amazing recommend those because they are quite but well, they're bits of history aren't they they yeah. are bits of history and, and they're and they're and then because those programs, I suppose now everything's being made currently, you get kind of... Because now we're so involved with, with things being made now, we, you know, Twitter and obviously Facebook, the internet, things like that. Whereas then, you, because you didn't have any of that, you don't feel as connected, do you, anymore? So I think, yeah, I think it's nicer to, to save those things for the imagination. Yeah, so Colin, sorry to say, probably won't be featuring, you know, outtake sections, but, you know... 
listen out. There will be little funny moments. <clears throat> Here's one from our old friend Anthony Zahetner. Hey. Dear Nick and Benjin. Hey. After listen, I think I said Benjin then. I don't know. Sorry, Benji. Benjin, Benjin the engine. <laughs> ben. <laughs> After listening to Jadoon in Chains, I was struck by Nick Briggs's fantastic Captain Kaibo voice. Oh, yes. Uh, if Big Finish ever do Inspector Gadget audios, my vote is for Nick to be Dr. Claw and Benji could be Mad Cat. <laughs> Sounds like the type of role I would have where it is. <laughs> Dr. Claw, I'll get you Gadget. Yes. Oh. Uh, you already have the high-backed chair Nick can sit in from the uh, Benny Unbound uh, photos. Yeah, we have this high-backed chair in the uh, room adjoining the studio in the, near Lambert Grove because I think Alex Mallinson actually bought it for like 50 quid as for something as a background, you know, for, for the light at the end. I think he did for the photos for that. It's actually... Uh, a very old battered chair but looks kind of good in photographs if you touch up the photos <laughs> anyway uh, as Anthony has quoted the thing I've already quoted which is I'll get you gadget next time always right. envious of people that can do those amazing low voices like that it's, it's but as as they all say to me on set well when I first started doing the jadoo and they say oh god does that hurt your throat and I go yes <laughs> course it does you can't do that and not be in pain it's amazing though i like it can you talk like that all of the time <laughs> no i did i did a doctor who uh audio book called judgment of the jadoon and it was all jadoon talking and i just recovered from a cold and i ended up with literally no voice i think i've told that story <laughs> a million times on to the next email on to the next one and it's from peter cobcroft i like that surname cobcroft sort of nice one to say anyway i hope he's from australia because he's opened with good day folk so you know like perhaps he's from the west country i don't know perhaps he is just uh, mocking your australian accent from last time perhaps yes perhaps he is or, or rather lack of it should i actually say. I, I i have the uh, australian ambassador on the phone yeah it's confirmed they've declared war because of that oh have they it's war yeah it's war <laughs> <laughs> just, want, just want to change the set now you know like in, in the day to day that's right <laughs> war <laughs> well you know that was an unexpected there's a little day to day reference there if anyone gets it I don't know yeah it's, it's worth a watch anyway moving on to this email because again we, we've gone off at a tangent uh, I've been meaning to post since a listener suggested vouchers or oh, the vouchers again Nick as you're halfway to an alternative system on your website already the problem was when you don't know what's to get someone, we've all been there, that listener's solution was a voucher. I propose just using your website. It's often a shopping cart plug-in slash upgrade to do wish lists, similar to Amazon, Steam, and other online shopping delivery sites. Loving to hear another Steam uh, user, by the way. Love a bit of Steam. Anyway, with someone's login and account information, you could create a second table for wanted items slash whistle list. A whistle list. A whistle list. Is that got a sixth doctor in it? <laughs> sixth doctor in the whistle list. Um, <laughs> it, it, a wish list, guys. Sorry. Uh, it does mean adding an extra button to the display of each item as well, so it can be added to the wish list. Um, I don't know about an extra button, guys. That's a lot. Um, you also need... A Back of costume. Oh, I don't know, mate. You also need to find a way for a user to edit their wish list and make it public or private. 
With some sites, you need to know someone's username to see their wish list, so you might need a user search function as well. On a creative note, you've used Mark Gatiss and Graham Duff on occasion. I can understand that Nebulous has run its storytelling slash running joke course. That's a sweeping statement there. Um, <laughs> a series I frequently listen to, although not big finish. But any chance of doing some similar absurdist comedy at some stage? That's Peter Copcroft, everybody. Well, certainly on that last point, we have considered all sorts of uh, comedy things in the past, but we've just never got round to it. We're so busy. But yeah, hold that thought. Uh, the wish list thing is something that gets discussed a lot in our big, big finish meetings. Um, and um, hold that thought as well, because it's something that we would like to do. Um, and I'm not sure where, where that a new website is coming up. Uh, in spring next year but uh, a new big finish website i would say they're big there are there are new websites <laughs> coming up all the time but they're, they're none of my business um uh, but uh, and i don't think it's in the first phase but it's something we do want to do well, let's just say just quickly absurdist comedy at dimensions the whole uh, the great idea of the whole week was doctor who colin baker goes to the planet rotherham where he meets the chuckle brothers who are two aliens residents on this planet. Now, come on, Colin Baker and the Chuckle Brothers, Nick, make it happen. Anyway, moving on. I'll, I'll not do my best. <laughs> and finally, here's someone whose name I mispronounced last time when I listed some Facebook comments about the podcast. This is from Melvin Pena. Dear Nick, which I said, Pena, Penu, I didn't know. I didn't, uh, Dear Nick and Benji, greetings and well wishes from North Carolina hey. regarding Nick's butchering of my last name and the 17th of October podcast. It's nothing new to me. People have been needlessly overcomplicating the diacritical dia that's what it is, is it? The diacritical mark in my last name. You get pills is it for diacritical? that. Diacritical. <laughs> so you can get pills for that. It's, it sounds like. A- <laughs> as I've always called it, the little thing over the N. For as long as I can remember, that pleasant squiggle applied to an N produces the same sound as the NY in canyon. The way I pronounce it is Pena. That's P E N. Y-U-H. Anyway, this isn't even the first time it's happened on the Big Finish podcast. I would like to revive the spractastic moment, if I may. Let us turn our attention to April 2014, podcast five, from the seven-minute mark through 8.30. The dearly and much-missed Paul Sprague endearingly butchered my name while announcing me as the competition winner for a signed Dark Eyes 2 script front. So the, last, the last winner, by the way, is Melvin Pina. Hi, Joe. <laughs> anyway, sorry, M- Melvin. Yeah. Um, oh, the pen stopped working. Sorry about this, Melvin. M E L V I N. Yes. In uh, North Carolina. Oh. He has also mentioned Bob Dovey and Henry Noon. Well, I'll just. But that's fine. Bear in mind that we will be spending a lot of postage on sending these to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, prices went up about a week ago. Oh, we could go bankrupt in a fortnight. Don't say that because people will actually believe you. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll just take it off your wages. Okay. What? <laughs> what? Melvin says, thanks so much for all your good work. I always look forward. Hey. He spelled it F-A-U-X hyphen W-I-R-D. It's a new one. Just in case you've never heard this podcast before, Paul Sprague says forward and not forward. <laughs> he doesn't do it on purpose. It just comes out that way. Yeah. Anyway, anyway that's, that's what he, he's looking. That's a great for, way of he's looking it. forward, 
to the podcast mostly to hear which new sound effects are being queued up on any given day oh he says i sort of miss the christmas noises oh. uh, i don't know we're going to find those in any time in the near future i don't think i've got those anywhere have I? Oh. anyway there you go that's that's the competition sorted onwards and upwards since that competition prize never actually reached me, this is terrible. Uh, I had no desire to put additional pressure on anyone in your offices on account of Paul's shocking and unexpected passing. I've always kept that episode on my MP3 player and considered it a more than worthy substitute prize. Oh, bless you, Melvin. It was, it's always tickled and comforted me to hear Paul and Nick discuss and laugh about my spelling of faux word, which is brilliant, actually. He's put F A. U-X hyphen W-I-R-D forward love it uh, and uh, and my loves of the my <laughs> and my love of the sound effects machine I'm almost reading this uh, it has also been brought to my attention recently on Twitter by no lesser personage than Simon Gurrier that my my name has actually been pronounced correctly in a big Finnish production to wit in 2015's first Doctor Companion Chronicle The Founding Fathers right about nine minutes from the end go and check if you like listeners uh, we hear the sad fate of technician Melpenya, Melpenya, which I was shocked to hear both Peter Purvis and Alice Haig pronounce correctly on the first go, unlike me. Uh, when I told my friend Derek, his response was, it's canon. As you can see, and uh, Melvin puts a little uh, reference point uh, to the actual tweets, which I'm not going to read out because <laughs> it's lots of letters and numbers. Uh, apparently, Simon inserted my name into the story by total happenstance. I was especially touched because in my doctoral programme, my area of specialisation was 18th century British literature. And because I was killed by a copy of The First Doctor as a brain in a jar... <laughs> but in any event so much for the various ways that my name has been uttered by noticeable big Finnish personages uh, thank you so much for all the brilliant work that you do it irks me when podcasts keep referring to 2016 as the year without Doctor Who when each month you release more than enough to sate even the most desperate appetite for my money hearing Paul McGann Nicola Walker Hattie Morahan and Alex Kingston in the Doom Coalition series is a delight without parallel Yours ever, Melvin. Melvin, that's a superb email. Oh, now, hold on. Didn't I promise an email from Ashley Gregory? Whoa. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Okay. Uh, this is what Ashley says. Hi, Nick and Benji. Firstly, I've never written to the podcast before. I honestly don't know why. Perhaps enjoying it too much? I've been a big Finnish fan for the past four years now, and I can say that I've enjoyed every minute of those brilliant adventures. I have nothing but praise for you. I have nothing but praise for you lot, and I really do appreciate and love the work that every everyone involved at Big Finish does. From Kenny Smith's Vortex Ooh. to the wonderful scripts that are written as well as the wonderful sound designers and of course the weekly podcast. It's all pure joy. But this is marvellous. I could have written this myself. Love it all. Love it. Uh, <laughs> I first met Nick at the Doctor Who Festival last year in November and I thought it was a real treat. What, meeting me? Are you sure now? I even managed to get Lisa Bauman's autograph there. Lovely. I'm grateful for the advice you gave me a few years ago and has stuck to its cinch, which, which will hopefully one day allow me to write a big finished story well there you go i wonder what the advice was i bet it was keep writing and keep a notebook yeah and always sharpen your pencil don't let it go yes. blunt 
Yeah, that sounds euphemistic in some bizarre way. <laughs> I've uh, recently finished Doom Coalition 3 and War Doctor Agents of Chaos, and I think that they're some of the finest adventures I've heard and are now some of my all-time favourite stories. Both series just keep getting better and better and are nothing short of being spectacular. Oh, that's brilliant. I've also got to mention it, but I really loved what Nick has done with the Dalek Time Strategist. Oh, right, calculating an ominous with a heaped spoonful of evil. Great stuff. Nick, you, you, you. You've, now, not, you've not written this, have you? It's written in biro on the, on the page. <laughs> <laughs> shh, shh, it's not. No. <laughs> uh, now, I thought we could do a mini interview with the two of you. One, what is agitating your molecules in entertainment? Benji, answer that question. Actually, this is a really good one because this is relevant. I sent out a tweet yesterday uh, to thank the old gods and the new gods uh, for giving me a another chance to watch Game of Thrones because I have never properly sat down and watched Game of Thrones before uh, it was on uh, Sky On Demand and then it, they just took it away like halfway through I was watching it so this week oh. I decided to buy the whole set and I have to say absolutely loving it and I apologise to everybody it's my own fault because I'm terribly stubborn and refuse to watch anything new until it's old um, don't know why I've always been like that. So yeah, Game of Thrones is is absolutely agitating my molecules at the moment. Highly recommend it and loving it. What about you, Nick? Um, I started watching something on Netflix called Designated Survivor, which has a brilliant setup, which is that in uh, the American government administration, there is always a designated survivor, which means that when the entire cabinet and government are present in some important big place, that this one member of the cabinet, in the case of this story, the Secretary of State for Housing, is kept in a secure place. So that should something awful befall the cabinet and the government, like a bomb going off or something, and they all die, this person would be the designated survivor and would automatically be sworn in as the president the moment the news came that the president has died. And indeed, that is what happens. It starts Kiefer Sutherland. It's a brilliant setup. I have to say, I'm slightly running out of patience with it at the moment. Kiefer Sutherland looks like he's had something done to his face, which is quite <laughs> irritating. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm sticking with it. The next episode is uh, out this week on the 27th, I think. So I shall, I shall be watching that. That is exciting. The second question. Yeah, well, you know, it's worth a watch. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, do you have a particular favourite Big Finish release? No. <laughs> I, I love so many of the things, you know. I mean, I can't narrow it down. Benji? It's very difficult. I always think my favourite one is the one that I'm currently listening to because because yeah, yeah. that way, I mean, I've just, I'm just about to get cracking on Agents of Chaos. I've not listened to it yet because I've been so busy with other stuff. So... I would say that probably by the time you guys have listened to this, I probably would have heard it and probably be saying how amazing it is and wanting to dance around in happiness at John Hurt's wonderful voice. So yeah, that was that would be it. I, I can't. It's a hard question to ask, isn't it? Really, you've given an answer. You've done better than me. Question three: Which of the stories that you've worked on are you most proud of? Um, that's a difficult one. I'm going to have to say uh, probably Survivors 3, actually, which is which is a strange one because I expected, I wanted it to be Doctor Who, but actually I I just loved that, that one because it was such a hard thing to do because Survivors is so, everything's so realistic in that world. It has to be utterly, mm, utterly mm. right. And it was, it was a real challenge because it was my second job. And so I was really frightened about getting it right. But hearing it back, I, I still think it was some of the most uneasy listening for anything I've ever listened to before 
And so to be involved in that and the wonderful performances uh, in that whole box set, I, I just I've I've always I'm always going to say that I'm really proud of that and and proud to be a part of such an awesome uh, set of stories and a wonderful team. Getting all emotional yeah. now, Nick. What about you? What about you, sir? I mean, you, this is a difficult one for you. Oh, I can't really narrow it down, and and it changes all the time. And I mean, I suppose I'm very proud of only the monstrous, the first War Doctor box set, which I think sort of set the tone for the series. And I was proud of what I achieved there, uh, and particularly enjoyed the fact that John Hurt loved the script and and loved the the quieter scenes in it the, the one in the boat with rejoice you know he loved that um so that gave me a warm feeling inside and and the prisoner of course i was gonna I'm say the prisoner's the an obvious second, one yeah. that i think for you to be proud of it's great i mean i feel bad sort of because of course the prisoner isn't my idea lots of other brilliant people came up with the idea but you know shaping it into a new reimagining was you know, all my own work. Uh, and, and, you know, and then Ian Meadows and Jamie Robertson doing the most incredible work on the post-production, you know, doing the music and the sound design. And, uh, and I was a bit of a pain in the neck for them, I think, but they did great work. Anyway, uh, so there you go. I hope that helps, Ashley. Uh, you conclude by saying thanks for all the stunning stories and I look forward to the coming releases over the next few months. Cheers, Ashley Gregory. P.S. Is Tom Baker still dressed as a policeman <laughs> behind the door? I don't know. I'm in a completely different location, but he may have followed me. Hello, open the door. <laughs> no, he's still there. <laughs> I'm loving these, these great sort of ideas of sort of Tom Baker following you around in this lovely sort of old you know you know i always think it's funny in in 90s programs how the cop cars get rubbish and they end up driving around in these horrible rover metros i can imagine tom having a great time in one of those you know following you around i nearly got tom baker to do something along those lines for the podcast but i thought explaining to him why we thought he'd be standing outside my house bashing on the door dressed as a policeman i, I think i think i would have lost him halfway through the explanation uh, sorry what are you talking about just resigned i think you're mad <laughs> even though i must say you know I, I may have mentioned this before i always try to turn up an hour before the recording at least an hour before the recording and tom and i sit there before anyone else has arrived and i have lovely little chats with them they're very precious times for me um yeah so uh lovely oh just Aww. having a moment there so i look forward to it. i've got some more coming up soon and I love those little... And, and Tom's so sweet and, you know, asks about my son and uh, we we put the world to rights and, and do a lot of laughing and, and there are a lot of great anecdotes from Tom as well. He'll trump you one day. You'll, you'll be recording something completely different and he'll just arrive at the moat dressed as a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did hear about it. <laughs> I had to get the last laugh. <laughs> love, love Tom, though. Bless him. But anyway, as, as, yeah, we, we could talk all day about the mad things that go on in our heads. But that is the <laughs> end of this week's emails. And once again, we're so sorry if we didn't get to your email. But don't worry, we will get there. And remember, if you want to write in, you can do so by emailing us at podcast at bigfinish.com. In fact, you can send us anything. Even send us a picture of a snake playing ping pong. There's a challenge for you there. <laughs> Can they do it? Who knows? Time now for our guest star interview. It's Doctor Who magazine deputy editor Peter Ware. Are you gentle with him? Relatively 
Yeah, I hope he so. Was very, I, I arranged it at the last minute. I was in the middle of doing a Tom Baker recording and I thought, I know, I could probably nip over to their offices. So I emailed him and just as I was finishing the Tom Baker recording, he said, yeah, well, when do you want to come over? I said, well, you know, I named a time. He went, yeah, all right, do it. So I just whizzed over. It was great. And there we go. So that's pretty, pretty exciting stuff. I'm sure Peter is now absolutely happy that he's finally had his moment to redeem himself yeah. and abuse you. <laughs> <laughs> So, hello, Peter Ware. Hello, Nick Briggs. And welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Ah, and because last time we came to talk to you magazine, you weren't here. No, I know. No, I, I, was, I was unwell, unfortunately, yeah, for that month, recovering right. from an IOP. And uh, yet, much you, better now. You, yes, well, I'm, as I can see. I see, um, yeah. But it's stupidly, you know, you should have been the person we were speaking to because you're the one of the whole team who knows the most about Big Finish, aren't I, you? Well, I, I do like my Big Finish. I've been listening to audio dramas for an awfully long time. I mean, I I, I remember the days back in the <laughs> 1980s, back, back in 1984, 85, so for 30 years ago, when when audio visuals were around, the, the sort of fan precursor to Big Finish. And, uh, and yeah, I used to, to send off my C90 cassettes and get tapes back with some bloke called Nicholas Briggs as the doctor and Richard Miles and I think well Stephen Payne was in the very first one and and yeah yeah and then some some of the stories which uh, which later got made for big finish I think um and then was there one called Conglomerate back in the day as well? The, oh, and and is it the recent stuff with Conglomerate and the Fourth Doctor Adventures? Uh, is, is that, that that all had its origins back there? Yeah, I think. Didn't and it? Cuthbert yeah. as and well. And Cuthbert. So it's been really odd actually listening to some of the more recent Big Finish stories, thinking this is a story I sort of started about thirty years ago. And it's very satisfying to finally have it come to fruition. Yeah, that is incredible to think. But yes, but I do, I do listen to a lot of the big finished stuff. I make sure that, that everything that's reviewed in the magazine I have a listen to, just to make sure that my reviewers are one being fair and two not talking absolute cobblers in, in what they're saying. But well, you've uh, got a good bunch of people reviewing. I've got, yeah, I've got a nice yeah, bunch they, of people they reviewing. Seem yeah. To yeah. Understand. Yeah, Martin and Paul. Are, yeah, they, they they like their big finish. Where did they come from? What did you find? Uh, well, Martin, I, I was looking for a new review, and I was looking through the internet forums basically, and also various internet sites, and and just seeing what people were writing, how they behaved online, um, if they could write, <laughs> which is oh, an important helps. thing. If if, if they uh, actually seem to be enjoying more than not enjoying the stuff that that that's being reviewed, because I think. With, with our DWM reviews, we do like to have people who, in general, like the stuff that they're, that they're listening to or watching, um, because after all, it's a magazine for Doctor Who fans, so um, I think that they'll always go into it, hopefully, wanting to enjoy it. If they don't in the end, well, never mind, but, 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 <laughs> yeah. but, but, but for the main part, hopefully, these are people who would want to listen to audios anyway, even if they weren't reviewing for DWM. Uh, and Paul Kirkley as well, he's been around for a while, and he was recommended to me by uh, Mark Wright, I think who writes our comic ship and, of course, has written some Big Finish in the past as well. Mm-hmm. I think I agree with you. I remember when I edited Film Review, I always tried to find reviewers who liked yeah. the films. Yeah. And then if you absolutely couldn't find anyone who liked it, then you'd let it have a bad review. You know, oh, yes. that's where I did it. Because magazines, if they're not positive, eventually... You know, they just become these dreary places, don't they? It's got to be a positive oh, thing. Oh, I hate it when magazines are dreary places. Now, yeah. let's, let's try and inject a bit of fun, even in the, within the magazine and within the office as well. If it's we very exciting here, Peter. Is it? <laughs> it's, it's the end of the day, mate. I know. It's, I've okay. come round at the end we're, of the day. We're both frazzled. <laughs> so, what was that? Okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, a bit about a bit yes. about you. When did you first start working for Doctor Who? Well, Magazine? I 
first had a connection with Doctor Who magazine probably in the very early 80s when I sent in a letter to the Letters page or to Gallifrey Guardian. I think I sent in a comic of Power Man and Iron Fist to Jeremy Bentham because it was yeah because it was a bit like a Doctor Who story and that was published. And I thought, wow, this is fantastic. Never sent another letter in again, but never mind. Um, I've never sent one in. I don't think. Oh, you should do really. Oh, did I? Maybe yeah. I responded to Janet oh, Fielding. Once. I'll give you the email address, Nick. <laughs> <If you> like. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I was hurt at all. Oh yeah, perhaps we should address that now. Yeah, the the, yeah. the the bullying in the workplace. Oh, it, it's fine. It's fine. My therapist says within a couple of months I should be absolutely fine. And writing <laughs> emails again, it, it won't be a problem. Um, anyway, have you, so have you heard the latest podcast that's just gone out? Well, it's and the early someone, one. Someone wrote in and yeah. said, uh, "No, there's another oh, one." Oh, is there? there. Oh, right. Someone wrote in and said, "My name's Peter, and you've traumatised me by saying Pete Peter." Well, there we are with the voice of the devil. What, what have you done, you and Benji? Cruel cruel man anyway uh, it's a lack of control there's no editorial control in the podcast well obviously this will be edited (laughs) I I think not not unless you're about to say something obscene anyway (laughs) (laughs) he's thinking about it my next connection with Doctor Who magazine yes. was uh, was with Time Team in, in 1999, and I was uh, uh, an original member of the Time Team with Clay Hickman and Jack Rayner and Richard Bignall um, wow, for about yeah. for about ten years again after that, uh, and then I finally came onto the mag in 2007 where, when I heard that, that Tom was looking for an assistant editor. And we met the night that Blink went out, um, and I said, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. that. That sounds like fun." Had a look at the job advert uh, on the following Monday. Realised I had no experience whatsoever in doing that. Uh, but, Den- but dentistry, dentistry, which was my original career for fourteen years, yeah, which I <laughs> sort of took, took a two-year break from. I was about to go to it, but yeah, I mean, Doctor Who magazine much more fun, really, than root fillings. I would say not, so. Yeah, yeah, possibly not so lucrative, but much more fun than <laughs> the root fillings and dentures. Have there but, been any instances? Oh. Doctor Who magazine where your dentistry skills have come in handy? Well, yes, sometimes. Oh, we look at some nice high-res photos and, and people are trying to work out, are they real teeth or is he just wearing dentures? And do you, you know? know? Oh, I know. Oh, I can spot that sort of thing. Oh, <laughs> yes. A nice high-res pic. Anyway, so yeah, I've been here as long as Tom's been the editor, which is about nine and a half years or so. Blimey. Big Finish, though, my relationship with Big Finish, That I'm, I think I'm possibly one of the very first if not the first big finished customer as well because wow, really? i remember back in the day was it late again must be late eight, late 90s yeah yeah late 1999 90s. The first um, Doctor Who jack rayner had a first stand selling oh no it isn't the cassette version of oh, oh no, that it would have been 98 i think 98 yeah. okay so yes that that first one i remember jack setting up the stand taking a photo of it and then buying one of the cassettes on double cassettes so i could have been possibly the first big finished customer. I think we're just going to say that you are. Oh yeah, go on, please. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's we'll official. Stick, stick now. that down in history. Can't get my name there somewhere. <laughs> okay. Well, look, you, you know, you're on the home straight with this interview now, so I'm going to relax. So, so the question, as you know, we are. So, what's tingling your molecules about big finish at the moment? Oh well, there's lots. I mean, I love all the Doctor Who stuff, obviously. Um, I love the Genesis Chamber recently. The uh, this year, probably the outstanding releases have been the two masters. Uh, well, sorry, the master trilogy, and then yeah. the, the two masters by, by John Dorney, and also the trouble with Drax. I think also by John Dorney. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, great. Uh, t- 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 terrific stuff. I'm loving the prisoner stuff, Nick. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to the one in January. Yeah. Loving the Avengers releases. I've got terrible news for you. It's been delayed until August. I can wait. <laughs> We haven't It's fine. I'll, I'll listen to the Avengers instead in the meantime. Dracula I loved too. I thought it was fantastic oh, yeah. adaptation of Dracula. Mark Gatiss is Dracula. Um, yeah, no, it, 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 it's all good stuff. Oh, all good that's stuff. Good. Yeah. What do you particularly... 
particularly look for in a big Finnish adventure? Uh, it depends on what sort of mood I'm in, really. I mean, if I've only got half an hour or so, I'd like one of the short trips. And the, A Full Life by Joe Lidster, the, the recent one with Adric. Terrific, you know, yeah, for, for a nice really train journey. And really, yeah, quite, quite moving, surprising. It's a great performance by Great Matthew, performance, yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, I, I, I love the full cast main range versions because I can shut my eyes and pretend they are just new Doctor Who episodes. Um, I particularly love some of the early adventure stuff as well because it it really is a privilege still to be able to listen to, to William Russell and Carol Ann Ford recreating roles over 50 years old now, but in brand new adventures. It, it's, I mean, I, I think a lot of the time it's taken for granted now because these audios come out so regularly, but when you stop and think about it, it is absolutely amazing. This is They're actually still doing it and still... Still doing terrific performances, new stories. So, so yeah, it, it depends on what mood I'm in. Okay, now let's broaden our tingling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I did that noise. There's something wrong with me. Um, to entertainment in general. Entertainment in general, we want to get a chance to watch the telly. Um, new series of Red Dwarf is fantastic. There's a new series called Zapped, which is very good. Which is Zapped. also on, it's also on Dave. I think it's got Paul Kay in, and it's uh, it's got the guy from the in between. As um, guy from the 21st century gets zapped back by magic amulet um, to a to a parallel world where it's it's a bit Game of Thronesy, and it's it, it's a bit bit Red Dwarf, bit Black Arrow-y. In, uh, in its humour, but they've just had the first episode out, and I think that's terrific. Oh, and Netflix, uh, because I've got Netflix yeah, um, and I Star Trek, on it, uh, <laughs> I've started to go through the whole of Star Trek. I don't think I'll make it all the way through to the end of Enterprise, but I'm certainly going to make my way all through the way of the uh, all through the the original series. And I've just done Spock's brain. Uh, oh what, dear! What, what a rare treat that was! <laughs> Is the phrase "jumping the shark" come, coming to I, mind? It, it's, when you're doing it in order, because I was sort of time teaming Star Trek, doing all the episodes in order, there is a noticeable dip in quality of the script for that one. But but it's it's very entertaining for all the wrong reasons. They do it well. They don't do they? they do it well. Yeah, yeah. They keep a straight face throughout, which is <laughs> remarkable. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think yeah, the high concept's got a little bit. Yeah, well, you, Crazy you, concept. You, you don't need high concept when you've got boiler suits to put Spock in a little box to stick on his head. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's right, they take his brain out and then they sort of operate him sort of by remote control. They do, they, they yeah. do. And, and the, the phrase Spock's brain, which, which is funny enough said once by William Shatner, is said at least a dozen times. <laughs> it gets funnier on each occasion. So. Yeah. I'm a great subscriber to the belief that uh, the title of a show should be mentioned quite a bit. Uh, well, they, they, they go overboard with that one. I think they must have had a bet. Although I did, uh, this isn't the title, but I was writing a third Doctor story recently. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, David Richardson pointed out that I put old chap in it far too often. You put your old, yes, okay. Yeah, and I said <laughs> the phrase old chap. I see, yeah. yeah. And, um, I don't know how into the big finish you can get there. So. <laughs> I uh, will just leave that one hanging okay. in the air. And, uh, and, and I said, no, no, he said it all the time. Yeah. And then David took a couple of sample uh, Third Doctor scripts right. and discovered that, you know, it was like, Maybe six or seven times oh. in a story, he said, "Old chap," and I had it nineteen times. He <laughs> said, "Old chap, all right, old chap, all right, old chap." You know, yeah. So. I'm sure Tim Triller would have been very good with his old chaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I should. Do, although the title of the script is not "Old chap," is it not? <laughs> There's still time to change it, Nick. You know. <laughs> 
old chap of the Daleks. No, that's just very weird. Um, yeah. So, Peter, thank yes, you for Nick. your support. Well, and, well Nick, um, thank you for having me. Yeah. And, the, and the little problems with the uh, Android app you've pointed out. I'll, I'll, oh. I'll try and sort oh, something oh, out. Oh, yes. No, remember about that. Yes. And, but you're a supporter of the app. I am. I absolutely love the app. You do app, app, Android and iOS? I do Android and iOS. I've got an Android phone. Um, so that's that's most convenient for listening to stuff, and also uh, I listen to it on my iPad as well. So so iOS. Anything you'd like us to do for the future, Big Finish? Oh yeah, oh oh definitely. I think there's a few companion combinations which you've missed out. Oh, yeah. So some rarely seen things. There, at the end of Time Lash, there's the Doctor and H. G. Wells. That's got to be worth a few more stories. There's the Doctor and the Twins at the end of Twin Dilemma. They must have been around for a bit. There's oh, at the end of the Awakening. At the end of the Awakening, you've got Andrew Verney, Tegan's grandfather, in the TARDIS, plus that other bloke. The card, you know, uh, and, Doctor yeah. Who and the other bloke, and, and yeah, and, and Will, young Will, for, Will Chandler be a proper name in. Yeah. So there's a few more adventures with that. There's the Doctor and all the geniuses at the end of Time and the Rana. You haven't done those stories yet. <laughs> and and, and you know, I look at the big Finnish news as it comes in all the time, thinking one day, one day they will be there. So that's what I'd like, please, Nick. Thank you. You're a very scary man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nick. <laughs> and a huge thanks to Peter for that. Uh, then we went to the pub with Tom Spilsbury for a glass of lemonade. Rather, rather, oh boy. And now it is that time again where we delve into the Randomoid Selectotron. Oh, goodness. That's okay, do it. Here we go. So we're in and number 49, Master. Master. Oh, well, this is a well, well loved release. Um, I had nothing to do with it. It's got Philip Maddock in it, though. I know. Of Doctor Who, absolute gold right there. He's a, a true legend in the field. Written by it's Joseph written by, Lidster as well. I was about to say, Joe Lidster wrote it. Um, and um, I worked with Philip Maddock on Return of the Crotons. He was quite incredible, actually. He kept asking loads of detailed questions about lines. And then I'd say, hold on a minute, Philip, this isn't... This isn't even one of your lines. And he said, you go, yes, I, I, I know, but I, I would like to know. <laughs> and, I, and I actually, I said, well, mind your own business. They're happy with it. <laughs> he also, when we went to take the, the photograph of the cast, which I think I took, he, they all lined up. And then he stood right in front of them and then walked close to the camera and took up the entire frame. And I said, there are some other people in this, Philip. And he went, what? Oh, yes. <laughs> but he was he was fantastic he, he was such a brilliant actor so sad that he's gone now. he always added such a touch of class into things um uh, one of my favorite films is um the cruel sea and jack hawkins plays the character uh, the captain the character of the captain in that and they did a bbc adaptation of it which is only available on cassette which i i bought on um Amazon for some outrageously expensive <laughs> price because no one has it uh, and Philip plays the captain in that and he uh, he he gives equally as good a performance as the legendary Jack Hawkins you know uh, a, a really fantastic interpretation it's a beautiful drama I would say I'd urge people to get it but really frankly you have to take out a bank loan <laughs> and then I had to get some sort of strange for converting cassettes into mp3 honestly it was worth the trouble but it was a lot of trouble i have this amazing thought of sort of philip maddock um at lunch at, at, in the studio and obviously if you've seen uh, the dalek invasion of earth 
he, oh, he is yes. in that one. I just love the idea of, of Nick coming in and going, oh, 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 is it lunch now? And he says, yes, would you like some? And uh, Nick says, oh, yes. <laughs> to which he then knocks it over deliberately and tells Nick to go, come on, we've got to go and carry on. That's as if you've got a death wish or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that film. What, what does he call them? He says, two somethings who want to be on an, in on the dig deal or something. Was it? <laughs> I I, I, he doesn't say losers, but it's something like, he is super superb in the Dalek invasion sorry we're, t- we're talking about master obviously Jeffrey Beavers <laughs> played the master and was absolutely amazing in this story uh, well, he's amazing anyway Jeff he's a lovely lovely actor um, and I've enjoyed working with him over the years there's quite a few people uh, at Dimensions come up to me when we just because when we're there we talk about big finish stuff but about, you know two or three people actually independently over the weekend said how much they love his stuff that he's doing with us at playing the master and that they think he's yeah. phenomenal so i thought that was that's yeah. nice you know to independently no we're very we're very grateful to have jeff on and master i do thoroughly recommend it we haven't played the trailer yet but i thoroughly recommend it uh one of one of the big big favorites of our listeners and great work by joe lidster here's the trailer doctor who master my dearest friends I write this letter in the hope that you will do me the greatest of favours. On the 23rd of this month, I would be honoured if you would join me here in my home for dinner. It is ten years since my arrival in this town, an anniversary I feel I cannot possibly ignore. You've both treated me with such kindness and friendship. For the most part, the last ten years have been more than I could ever have hoped for. Of course, recently, Perfugium has become a darker place. But for one night at least, let's forget about the darkness and spend a pleasant evening enjoying good food, fine wine, music, perhaps even some parlour games. Please help me to make my birthday, if you can call it that, a night to remember. A night remember. So, Jacqueline, Victor, I look forward to a pleasant and relaxing evening in your company. Yours, Dr. John Smith. There you are, Master. What can we say? What a what a lovely choice from Ran, the randomoid selector. Ran, you've hit a good one there. And I'm afraid that, well, Ran... For another week, that's it. The podcast, no, the, not the well, the podcast is approaching the end. But Ran, you, you're gone. So now it is time to approach the end of the podcast, Nick. Not quite, but nearly, and it is approaching like a herd of wildebeest sweeping majestically. I was quoting Forty Towers there, Nick. I, I was about to say, yes. <laughs> the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Babylon. Um, <laughs> Someone says they don't like the view. It's Torquay! <laughs> <laughs> I can't see the sea. Well, it's there between the land and the sky. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so now, the latest releases with some lovely music, as mentioned before, from Richard Fox. Thank you so much, Richard. 
The Torchwood Archive is out now, a special feature-length story celebrating 10 years of Torchwood. The Torchwood Archive is a forgotten asteroid in the centre of a great war. Jeremiah is its first visitor in many centuries. He's come to learn something very important, and the ghosts of Torchwood are waiting for him. Here's a snippet. Welcome to Torchwood. Hey there, Captain Jack Harkness. What do you want? Ignore him. I am doing. Even artificial. He's completely impossible. Unique. This is a message for Captain Jack Harkness. This is a sort of, more or less, my confession. What could it be for, the way? Hmm? The what? Torchwood Object One. Useless bad luck charm. A silver locket my Aunt Faye wouldn't be seen dead in. This little silver thing, she brought it from another dimension to give to me. Have they ever really sat down to examine it, to understand its effects, to wonder what it really is? Do you really think that object is cursed? Maybe. And what's the worst that can happen? Well, sounds like you brought some company with you. A little, yeah. Tough day. No problem. Activate defense array. We need to find out what the committee are up to before we decide what action to take. The committee? Wait, seriously? They've not been heard of for a while, have they? Most of the time, they work behind the scenes, nudging things along, waiting until things are right. I knew what was coming. I had to spare them. Absolutely no! Open object one. Goodbye, Torchwood. There's also a lovely animated trailer with that if you want to see it. Uh, Doctor Who, The Early Adventures, The Fifth Traveller. The Doctor, Ian, Barbara, Vicky and Josper emerge into a jungle and encounter the strange wildlife dwelling there. But the travellers are unaware that the true rulers live high above them in the trees. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Here's a snippet. Are we all here? Ian? Barbara? Vicky? Josper! Where's Josper? He was right behind me. Josper! Oh, thank goodness. What are you waiting for? We need to be out of here. Let's get in the TARDIS and go. And don't forget that The Prisoner Episode 1, Departure and Arrival, is still available for free on the website. Also, there's an excerpt from the latest release from The Avengers, Tunnel of Fear. South End, a perfect spot for a family holiday or for a traitor to hide. And there's Nicola Bryant reading the Doctor Who short trip rule book, as well as Peter Davison and Mark Strickson in a four episode anthology Doctor Who main range release, The Memory Bank, from which the beautiful music playing under this comes. So there. Give the man a cream egg. He nailed it. Guys, thank you for listening to us. And it is now time for us once again to say goodbye. (laughs) Although the next instalment of The Prisoner is on the way, having been subjected to a mind-bending ordeal by Rover and interrogation by number two, number six is heading back into the village. But what awaits him? Find out literally now. Ish. Be seeing you! He's leaving the infirmary. Follow his every move. Activate all monitoring. No privacy whatsoever. We apologise for interrupting your... 
Here is a warning. There may be scattered showers later. Enjoy your day! Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy! <laughs> I know you're watching. I'll wear your damn uniform because I have to, but you'll never get me to wear your damn badge. Damn music, where's it coming from? If I could see a speaker, I'd smash it to pieces! I know you're listening. I know you're watching. So where's everyone gone? Come on, come on. What are you playing at, number two? Hello again. What are you doing here? Leave me alone. Did you know Cobb? No. And why are you crying? Is it one of your special skills? I don't have to take this from you, number six. Don't call me that. Let me go. Not until you tell me your connection with Cobb. Oh, you're hurting me. That's right. You like hurting women? I just want information. Oh, you're breaking my arm. No, I'm not, but I will do if you don't tell me what I want to know. All right, all right. Oh. You're as bad as them. Whoever they are. Tell me about Cobb. Had you known him long? Not long. And yet here you are, weeping at his funeral. He... He was a good man. Where did you meet him? How can I trust you? How can I trust you? You're wearing their uniform now. Only because they incinerated my clothes. But I won't wear that badge of theirs. Number nine. What's your real name? What's yours? You see? We're both scared to talk. Look, we can't talk here, we'll get soaked. And besides, they'll see us on the way back. Where then? And when? Twelve o'clock, at the bandstand. It's a date. 